0: Hey, uh, I am excited about this new year, um, and I know Pastor DJ is excited, about. It. 22 is like his favorite number of all time, and so, yeah, I'm sure in a couple of weeks he'll be talking about that, but 2022, I, I just, you know, anytime we turn over to the new year, there's an opportunity for us to just reevaluate and to reassess and to just look at our lives, and it just happens to be a time where a lot of people um, just, it just takes this Opportunity during the calendar year to take a look at their lives, to assess it, and to decide, okay, so, you know, are there things that I need to get rid of? Are there things that I want to try new? And it's just a good starting place to do that. And many of you know that a lot of people will make New Year's resolutions, and those resolutions last about how long? A week, 10 days, yeah, three weeks, maybe a couple days. Uh, you know, I, I wonder sometimes if we maybe get things uh, out of line and we, we, we do these things in, in a way that's Led by our flesh and by our understanding, instead of actually doing things the way that God would have us do. I think it is important to uh, assess where we're at. I do think it's important to set goals and to look forward and say, God, what do you have for us? Um, But what I want to do today is I want to actually tell you what I feel like the Lord is leading me to share with you in regards to a way to set yourself up in order to have success in these things. And I believe that that is by looking back and so here we are at the first message of the year and what i'm going to encourage you to do is sometime today or this week take some time and actually look back at 2021 and look at the things that god has done for you because in looking back and seeing god's faithfulness what begins to happen is you begin to set up uh, just some strength and some encouragement in your own heart and in your own mind and your own soul in the fact of God's faithfulness. Now, this isn't just my, my understanding or, or good idea that comes from me. I believe that this is found over and over and over in the scripture. And so let me read you a few scriptures that I just that came to mind um, and that I want to share with you and kind of just illustrating and proving this point. In Genesis chapter 28, now let me give you the, the, the picture of this, Jacob... Um, has, has uh, had had a dream, and in this dream, he has seen this ladder where it says that the footstool of the ladder was on the earth, and it reached up into the heavens, and in this dream, he saw angels coming up and down from that ladder. And when he wakes up, we pick up the story, Genesis 28, verse 18, early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head. First off, how many of you are thankful for pillows? I mean, oh man, amen. He took the stone he had placed under his head and he set it up as a pillar and he poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone, and this stone, that I have set up as a pillar, will be God's house, and all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Now, the important part that I want you to take is that the thing that he laid his head on, that he slept on, where he had this dream, he took that thing and he used it as a a memorial. He set it up, he poured oil on it, and he said, hey, I'm going to set this up so that every time I see this stone, I remember this dream. Do you see that? All right. Exodus 17, 15. Um, The story is this. uh, Israelites are fighting the Amalekites. Moses goes up on a hill, and every time that Moses' hands are lifted, the Israelites are winning, and then when his hands go down, they're losing. Now, if you're anything like me, I don't have real good circulation in my hands. I can't do this for very long. I can do this, and then all of a sudden my shoulders, and, I, and it, as long as I could go, I, it, it wouldn't be a very good battle for me to hold up my hands, and I have, I have a feeling Moses was doing this, and we know the story that um, Aaron and her come and lift up his hands so that he doesn't have to do it on his own power. They come and support him, okay? The Israelites win the battle because of that. Verse, 17, or verse 15 of chapter 15 says this, Moses built an altar. And called it, the Lord is my banner. And once again, every time the Israelites saw this altar that he built, think about what was going on in their minds. They had to remember what took place in the battle that they won, how God helped them to have victory over the Amalekites. Exodus 24. God gives Moses all these commands and all these laws. Um, The people, the Israelites, they come and tell Moses, hey, we will do everything that the Lord tells us. We will do everything. And pick up the story, verse 4. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Once again, setting up an altar of stones in order for the Israelites to remember what God had pulled them through, how God had helped them get victory from slavery, helped them to understand the faithfulness of God. Joshua 4. Joshua's about to take over the land. He puts the people together, and they got across the Jordan River. And so if you know the story at all, God actually dries up the Jordan River, stops it up so that they could cross, and God gives instruction to Joshua to set up, again, 12 stones to build up in memory. And this is what he says in verse 6. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Forever. And he instructs the Israelites to tell their children that these pillars here, these stone altars are here because of what God has done for us. And so God is continually over and over in the Old Testament, telling the Israelites to look back and not only look back and remember, but to actually set up these stone altars or these stone pillars as as illustrations of remembrance. You guys see that? This last one, um, Samuel. Um, all right, so let me give you the background on Samuel. Samuel's mother wants to be uh, wants to have a baby so so bad. Um, but is barren. And so God finally gives her a child. His name is Samuel. And she dedicates him to the Lord, actually brings him to the temple and leaves him and says, hey, Samuel is the Lord's, okay? And so we know that he is under the tutelage of Eli. And one night he is in bed and um, he hears voice say his name. And he goes to Eli and says, yes, my Lord. And he goes, I didn't say anything to you. He said, go back to bed. So he goes back to bed. He hears his name called again. So he goes to Eli, you called me? And Eli goes, I didn't call you. This happens three times. And Eli finally goes, oh, I know what's happening. Next time this happens, say yes, Lord, and just let him speak to you. God speaks to Samuel. God begins to give him uh, what's going to happen. And so Eli goes, hey, what did the Lord tell you? And basically, it wasn't good for Eli. It was that he and his sons were going to die. And Eli... Man of God says, okay, well, if if that's what the Lord says, so, so be it. Lo and behold, the Philistines come, and they think it's a good idea to take the ark, where the presence of the Lord is, into battle. And yes, this scares the Philistines, but the Philistines kill Eli's two sons. When Eli hears the report, he dies, and now the Philistines have the ark in the presence of God. Now, it's really cool, the next couple chapters here in Samuel, you'll see that the, the presence of God actually makes the stone gods of the Philistines bow before him. And they couldn't figure it out, and they would begin to realize, the Philistines, that this ark is c- causing death to us. And so they bring it back to Israel. Israel rejoices and gets and and to celebrate. And it says that they all repent. They actually come back to the Lord because they realize what they have done. And Samuel begins to pray, but the Philistines are still coming against Israel. And so Samuel prays, asks for God's help. And it says that the Lord thundered and confused the Philistines and the Israelites attacked and destroyed them. And I'm going to pick up In verse 12, chapter 7 of 1 Samuel. Then then Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now that, that word Ebenezer means stone of help. And once again, we see this story where God has come through, has been incredibly faithful to the Israelites, and the Lord has instructed or led someone to take a stone and place it in a place of remembrance. And that's exactly what Samuel, this is Samuel's first act that he's done as priest that we have recorded in the Bible. And he takes this and he sets it up and he says, This is going to be a stone of memory for what God has done. And what's interesting is the Israelites during Samuel's reign never had any issue with the Philistines. As a matter of fact, they got all the land back that had been taken from them. They actually recovered all of those things. And so here's here's my heart and here's my hope that you'll see. Over and over and over in the Old Testament, you will see that God instructs, The people not only to look back at what he has done for them, but to set up these stones of remembrance, okay? Um, Church, I want you to get this. I believe one of the enemy's schemes to to hinder your walk with the relationship that you have with the Lord, one of his schemes is to distract you, keep you busy, and keep you from remembering what God has done for you. Because if he can keep you in today, in the chaos of the world that's going on, I, the terrible, I mean, the fires this week, just terrible. By the way, we are, the pastors in the city here are are organizing and trying to figure out how we can help that out. We've got a couple pastors that have a relationship with pastors up there. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what the help looks like, but we will... We will do something, and we'll let you know what that is. Right now, it's so chaotic. There's so much going on. Um, But isn't that how life is? Does it not seem like each and every week nowadays, there seems to be some catastrophe that's going on? And if the enemy can keep you from remembering the faithfulness of God and keep you thinking about just what's happening now, what's happening here today, um, it's really difficult To keep your walk with the Lord alive and active, yes? Because we're being bombarded with all of this. And so I would submit to you that it is really important, and especially right now, this time of year, the beginning of the year, it's really important to take a look back and just remind yourself of what God has pulled you through. Even if it's as simple as, hey, I got to eat most days this last year. I'm looking around, most of you got to eat, I can tell. It's really important to take a look back. Now, here's what's interesting. Our staff in the last three months uh, has has been doing some um, leadership activities that really has opened my eyes to some things. Um, One of the things that we've been um, led to do is this thing called the four list. I don't know if you've ever done anything like this, Um, but basically it's to take whatever you're dealing with. Um, So you could take a work situation. You could take, uh, I, I have a staff member that actually he and his wife did this together as a married couple and said, Our marriage. But you take a, a whiteboard or a piece of paper and you write down four lists. The first one is what's going well? What's right? What is right? And you just start to write down all the things that are going right. Then you write what's wrong. Then you write what's confusing. And then you write what's missing. And it's a really good practice because it gets you to, to actually look into whatever that thing is that you're dealing with. You can go, okay, what's good? What is right? What's happening? And then look at the other things. What's wrong? What is confusing? What's missing? And then you can start to actually work towards getting that list to be smaller and smaller. But here's what we've seen every time we've done a four list. The what's right list is always way longer than the three other lists combined, at one point, Pastor Peter, our youth pastor, said this. He goes, oh my gosh, this is so good to see because in my everyday thinking, I always think we're messing up so bad. But to see the list and how long it is of what's right, this is so encouraging for me. What is it about human nature that likes to focus so much on the negative that we've, we just dismiss the positive things that are happening? And if we aren't intentional about looking back and actually looking at the positive things, church, I'm telling you, we will become more and more pessimistic, negative, and we will just, skeptical, and we will just not, not enjoy life to the full, which is what God wants us to, yes? So, create these lists. Think about the positive. I'm not saying to dismiss what you need to work on, but boy, before you start looking at what you work on, look at what you're doing right. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you and show you what things are going well because I think you might be surprised that you have a lot of things going good. It's a funny in marriage counseling that couples when they come in and they're really struggling, they have, they've gotten to a place in their marriage where all they're focusing on is all the negative. And one of the things I try to do, and and I'm not a counselor, but one of the things I try to do is I actually try to get the couples, hey, let's start talking positive things. What is something that you like about him? What is something that you like about her? Let's just start talking about some of those things. And it's amazing because all of a sudden, if they'll let themselves go to it, all of a sudden they'll begin to realize, oh my gosh, there's a whole lot of good things going on. But I'm just focused on the negative things. And so when we look back, we can actually set up stones of memory. Um, And I know that there's families that have actually practiced this Ebenezer stone. It's funny because it's one verse in the entirety of the Bible. But I know of families that actually practice this in their life where they take a time of the year and they set up little stones of memory and they have things in their house where they go, hey, this stone, do you remember what this is? This is the stone that took my son through an illness that almost killed him. This is a stone that when we're struggling as a marriage, this actually, we overcame. This was the big revelation that helped us overcome. And now we're strong and healthy in our marriage. I, it's amazing what you, can, what, what you can do to yourself in, in your walk with the Lord when you remember his faithfulness and what he's done for you. Okay. Scheme, a scheme of, this, of Satan, of the devil, is to get you to not remember. An instruction of God was to remember. In the Old Testament, you see it over and over and over, these altars that are built. Um, heh, I'm so excited about this right now. Um, in the New Testament, it was coined in a phrase that Jesus said, Do this in remembrance of me. What was that referring to? Communion. Communion. And I, give me, I, I may be stretching here a little bit, but as we were talking about this as a teaching team, all of a sudden there was a ton of life in this. Concept in this thought. When Satan came to tempt Jesus, do you know what the first temptation was? Stones to bread. Whoever said it over here. Stones to bread. Stones to bread. He pointed and said, Jesus, make these stones. Now, granted, he had been fasting 40 days, he was hungry, but could there be more meaning in what happened here than we actually look at and when we read? Because I find it very interesting that he points and says, turn these stones. Now, could, could it be that it went beyond just trying to meet Jesus' hunger But could it be that Satan was saying, hey, look, these stones that have been set up as remembrance things for God, hey, why don't you turn those things into something you just eat? Matthew 4, 3 through 4. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know what, a little bit later, Jesus declares in John 6, 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And then Jesus tells the disciples near the end of his life before he's crucified. In Luke 22, he says, and he took the bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, could it be that in the Old Testament, before there was Jesus and his sacrifice, could it be that we were to set up literally physical stones of remembrance, build altars, God was faithful here, and this little pillar of stones is going to remember, is going to remind me of God's faithfulness. But when Jesus came, it turned from using stones, and it turned into communion. To take the time to actually break the bread to actually take the cup and to remind ourselves, oh my gosh, I'm alive still. Oh my gosh, what did God get me through in 2021? We all got through 2021. We're all here, right there. That's something good to look back and remember and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And so I wanna do something real quick. Uh, Kim, can you go grab the mic? I I just want to, I want to partake in communion together. And I want to just invite the Holy Spirit to come in and to help us to remember. And when we take that bread, I want us to remember what God has done for us in the past year. And then I want us to take the cup and I want to use that, you know, I, I, I always say this when it comes to the new covenant. The cup of the new covenant means that we now have that walking, talking relationship with the Lord. The bread reminds me that we no longer have to go to a high priest to hear from the heart of God. We no longer have to set up stones to remember what he's done because now we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and the cup of remembrance, symbolizing the blood of Jesus, is reminding us, oh my gosh, we have a future in what he has for us. He has so many purposes and plans for each one of us that we can't even recount. We can't even imagine all that he has for us. Um, So could it be? Could it be that when we take communion, we are not only remembering what Jesus did for us, but we're taking an opportunity to look back at the faithfulness of what he's done for us, and we're taking the cup that actually gives us a hope and an understanding that we have a future, that we have a purpose and a plan and a future for us. And so I want to take communion today. So underneath your seat is um, these wonderful little self-serve things. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the day when we can go back to the bread and and the cup and doing that together that way. But right now, this will work. Um, So there's a thin layer on top. You can get the um, little uh, representation of the body of Christ. And then the purple peels apart, and you can get to the juice. But um, what I would like to do is we're going to... take. Participate together as a family in communion. And then I would just like to take a moment, and if you're new here, one of the things that we do is we occasionally pass the microphone and just ask a couple questions. I, I would like to just ask you this question. Would you be willing to share just one thing that maybe the Lord was faithful um, to you in, in 2021? Before we head into a new year, um, let's just share with one another um, something that God has done for us this year. But let's first partake together. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this bread. Um, God, I don't know. Um, I don't know if the enemy was trying to get um, get you to turn away from the faithfulness of God when, when he asked you to turn those stones into bread. But here's what I do know. You knew that you were the bread, that you were the bread of life. And so Lord, um, we just come to you with an obedient heart right now. And we ask that um, as you commanded us to do, when we take this wafer as a symbol of your body, God, help us to remember your faithfulness, faithfulness to us. And Lord, I pray that right now, even as we're holding this about to partake, Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would begin to just remind us of the last year and ways that you were faithful to us. Hmm. Lord, we thank you. We're thankful for for your faithfulness. And Lord, help us to never forget the ways that you've touched our lives. Not just in this last year, but in years past. God, help us to remember that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And, Lord, you are faithful to us. You've pulled us through things. You've healed some. You've delivered some. You've instructed some. God, we thank you again for your faithfulness. Go ahead and take the bread. He then took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant, which again, just reminds me that uh, we no longer have to go to the high priest, but we can hear from the heart of God, our father, through the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that for everybody listening to me right now, Lord, that as they take this cup, there would be just an encouragement of spirit, that there is a hope, that there is a future. As we spoke about Christmas Eve, Jesus, you are ultimately returning to restore all things to new. And so, Lord, I pray that as we take of this cup that we would be encouraged in our hearts and our mind and our spirit of what is to come. As we turn into a new year, Lord, help us to refresh our relationship with you and our excitement about what you have for us, what your purpose and plan is for us. And Lord, we thank you for the blood that was shed so that we could have this relationship with you. We do this in remembrance of you. Take the cup. Hmm. Okay. So at this time, I just want to take a little moment, and um, we're going to finish this service by um, doing a quick year in a review, and we're just going to share you share with you just so many of the things that took place here at the church. And I, again, the reason we're doing it, I think it's going to be very encouraging for everybody as you hear it. But uh, before we do that, anybody want to share just something that God was extremely faithful for to you in 2021? Right up here. Um.
1: I graduated med school on December 17th, um, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> um, i want to cry. I graduated high school early to start um, at the med school that I went to, it's in North Denver, um, and I really did feel, and my, my mom would agree, that um, Satan tried absolutely everything to stop me from graduating. Um, and I finally did, and I left the building the last time. I was just bawling my eyes out because <laughs> fi- that day finally came. So that was my big um, um, accomplishment in 2021.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Somebody else right here. Oh, right. Okay.
2: Um, I guess I'm really, really thankful I had surgery and the anesthesiologist gave, gave me an overdose of fentanyl and I crashed on the table. And here I am.
0: <laughs> Amen. Love it. Hi.
2: Karen. I'm thankful that we had COVID and came through it and we were really sick, but God healed us completely. We don't have any side effects and uh, grateful that we're immune
0: now amen i think everybody can say amen to health yes <clears throat> amen um.
3: 2021 was a pretty challenging year for me um, i had a major accident uh, broke my hip and uh, had to have a pretty serious surgery and to repair it, and that surgery was not successful. The enemy was attacking me the whole time, uh, saying you can't do certain things, and um, had to have a second surgery, uh, which was successful. But at the uh, time as I reflect back of how many ways the enemy was trying to attack me and telling me what I could not do, Jesus came through and told me that I can do anything with him. And uh, I came through it and uh, walking better now than I was before. And uh, so I'm very thankful.
0: Amen.
4: I just want to tag on to that and say I am still sane, only by God's grace. Because of that and everything else that we've done in our home and neighbors around, I just sincerely I thank God for my sanity and that he has given me such a beautiful place to live in. Um, half of my sanity is the fact that I can go out and walk, and see beautiful mountains and see things. You know, walk with my dogs and, you know, enjoy the outdoors and that. And um, and I thank him for taking care of this guy <laughs> mm. <laughs> through everything that we've uh, kind of been through. But yeah, um, God is so faithful. And and he has given us a wonderful, wonderful church family too. Um, I just thank him for everybody here. I hear words all the time. I hear encouragement, and um, he he's always been faithful throughout my life to give me amazing church family. Mm.
0: So, amen. That's good. I find it I find it really interesting that it's something that could be devastating for somebody, that's just the thing that you're saying God's faithfulness is. Is in, um, I'm actually reminded of another story with Jacob when, you know, he wrestles with God and he ends up being having a limp for the rest of his life and he's like, "Thank God," <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't quite make sense in our natural, but when we know that God has intervened um, and has proved Himself faithful in something that's terrible, that's just amazing.
3: I've been to church my entire life, like all 58 years. And uh, I finally we, we, uh, we found Shine Church this year, and I can say for the first time, that I'm truly surrounded by friends,
0: like literally right here around me. Mm, awesome. Love it. Well done, family. Good. Somebody else. God blessed us with uh, a great job in March, where I was unemployed for 13 months prior, but gave us a, a really good job that I couldn't have asked for a better one. So You you were without work 13 months? Yes. For more than a year. Yep. And 2021 got a job. Got a job. Amen. Yep. Yep. That's a good thing. Don't forget that. I'm sure you won't as you wake up every morning and go to it, but... <laughs>
1: Um, this isn't really me, but I have a new baby cousin. Um, his name's Everett, um, and it was a really like, good birth. Um, my aunt's last birth was not very um, peaceful, so she had a very nice birth this year, and so I'm very happy for her.
0: Love that. Let me ask you something. Did you yeah, I, did you pray for her before the... Yeah. So answer a prayer right there, huh? Never forget that. Never forget the power of your prayers. Good. Somebody else? Rachel over here.
2: Uh, Me and my husband, we felt the Lord calling us out here. And so we took a big leap of faith, and we um, sold our house. We're from Illinois. So and we've lived in Illinois our whole entire lives (laughs) for 38 years. So it was a big, um, took a big leap of faith to trust him to do something like this. And He's provided us with a home, and he's provided my husband with a job, and he's provided our family, our kids with a great school, and um, it didn't come come without its struggles, but um, he's done all this, 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 just this past year, so it's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, (laughs)
0: it's good. Uh, Just so you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Rachel, but um, they moved out here and they didn't have a job, right? They just felt like the Lord led them. That's awesome. And that's that's a step of faith to move out, going okay, God. We don't have any work, anything, um, and God has been faithful to give that. That's awesome. Um,
3: so, uh, the past three, three and a half years, like I've had a, a, a very close means. And I've had a like opened wound. It's like on my ankle um, to my thigh, and it's been like open for about three and a half years. And um, I had to move from Seattle to Colorado, and I had a great church, a great family. Great job and friends and stuff, and like in that time, um, strangers and churches came through for me um, to help me get by, pay for bills and and like it's just like unreal. Um, like it was a hard time for me, cause like I lost everything, yeah. so I thought. And I felt hopeless, like, in that time. And um, coming up in, um, so being here um, with family, like, uh, it's like I had a safe place to recover, um, go to, like, doctor visits. I have surgeries, you know, uh, three, four, five times a week. Like, it was hell. And um, um, coming up on on February seventh, um, it's like I'll be healed for a full year. Yeah. yeah.
0: Amen. Thank yeah. you for sharing it's that. That's amazing. awesome. Amazing. Good. Don't ever forget that. I'm sure you won't, but don't ever forget that. That's faithfulness. Anybody else?
1: Uh, 2021 has been probably the most difficult year for me emotionally, and um, Sorry. <clears throat> I wouldn't say that I'm fully over all the pain and heartbreak that I've experienced, um, but what I'm thankful for and what I feel God has been so present in my life, and I've experienced Jesus in ways personally. Um, and in my walk with him that I haven't in my entire life. And so I'm thankful that despite healing, being in the process of healing and not seeing the promise fully here yet, um, God's presence is so palpable in my daily life. And um, he's moving and working and, and he is doing things in my life all the time. But it's really just I'm so thankful for experiencing him personally and, Having him walk with me in that way, it's okay. it's amazing. So I'm thankful
0: yeah. for that. You know, it's interesting that when you go through difficult times and seasons, that sometimes the the most difficult times, you feel the closest to the Lord. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not praying this for anybody that you would have a difficult time, but, I, you know, what is it about that that drives us to seeking him? And that's, that's what I'm hearing from you is that, He's right there in the midst of, I, He he's there to heal the brokenhearted, to be with those that are mourning and, and struggling. And um, So just remember that. Remember in a difficult year, he was there with you the whole time. I love that. Anybody else?
5: Uh, this year we got married. And you're married,
0: the two of you. Yeah. Congratulations. By the way, first time here, so thank you for grabbing the mic. That's awesome. Congratulations.
5: And um, I think next to getting saved, finding the person you're gonna spend your life with is like the biggest blessing. And also, my little brother, um, we kind of had like a rough upbringing, but he accepted Christ and he is now walking with the Lord. So that's wow. like. What was
0: Amen. <laughs> Amen. So New relationships with the Lord. I love it. Um, that's, and congratulations on your. On your wedding, marriage, when, when, what date? September 24th, okay, all right. Pray for this couple. Right up here.
2: Well, we are visitors. We are Jessica's grandparents. So good to have you guys. Proud great-grandparents of their four children. Um, for the last several years, we have been in a season of our lives, speaking our seasons, where we had sold our house here in 2005 and went in a motorhome to do volunteer work at Christian Ministries. In 2006, we bought a place in Yuma, Arizona, to spend the winter, and God provided um, ministry for us there. We, we minister with music in an RV park from November to through March. And um, except for we're here for Christmas, and um, but we're nearing this end of this season of our lives, and there are several things that had to happen, have to happen, in order for us to make a change from where we are. And the first thing was we have property at Lake McConaughey in Nebraska, just bare lots, and we put it up for sale in September, and we have a contract on it in the middle of winter when the lake is frozen over. So we're very thankful for that because that's the first domino that has to fall. And we expect maybe by this time next year we'll be in a completely different place.
0: That's amazing. That's awesome. May all of us be just entering into new ministries when we hit our season that you're in right now. That is just awesome. Love that. One more. Anybody else? Oh. Oh, I got two more. Good.
6: So I, um, I've been a nurse for 16 years, and just this year, since we've been in Colorado, um, I really felt called to take a job at my kids' school. Um, and I will say it's been a huge shock for me. Um, I think anybody maybe who works in education or with families and children right now would probably be in shock just at the state of where we are <laughs> as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really difficult, but um, – and I and it was actually – there were a couple of things that happened that, may, that even – made me want to maybe quit and even maybe pull my kids out of school altogether. Um, but I'm, I'm so thankful um, that the Lord, within like a couple of hours of me making a decision, like maybe tomorrow morning... I'm not going to return to this job and I'm not going to take my kids back. And it's not just the school that we're in. It's just mm-hmm. where society is. I didn't have any other school I was going to put them in. But when I woke up in the morning, um, the Lord gave me the verse um, that the Lord will fight your battles if you are only still. And I was just reminded that if we are faithfully obedient, if I remain faithfully obedient into what where God has placed me um, and I stop like, Dan, like Pastor Dan was saying, looking around at what I'm facing, and I keep my eyes back on him, that it's just being still in where I was placed, um, and it's mm. not about me, but about his presence through me. And, and he just said, you know, you see the environment and the atmosphere with you and your children in it, and you have no idea what it would be like if you weren't there. And oh. so I just am so thankful um, that God has remained faithful to us um, through the situation, and I know that it'll continue, and will stay as long as he says to stay. Um, so I'm just thankful for his his presence and his leading, and the ability to just look up at him when everything around is just really, really oh, that's scary.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. Got a little message there. We did right there. So for whoever had ears to hear.
5: So kind of to piggyback off of that, I actually work in education. Uh, and it is not not great. Uh, I technically work in a private Christian school, so it's a little bit better. But um, the state of teachers, there's not teachers. Our school almost closed like four times this year mm-hmm. just because we were so understaffed to the point where we were pretty sure that the school was going to close at, before Christmas break. And we actually hired three new people, mm-hmm. so right over Christmas break. W- they will be starting now, on on Monday, <laughs> tomorrow. Awesome. So, uh, you know, I'm a single parent, so if I didn't have a job, what was I going to do? Mm-hmm. And, um, and also, the school I work for is very flexible, so I'm able to stay at home with my kids if they quarantine or whatever. So I was... little panicky about what was I gonna do if the school closed and um, it really pushed me into faith that like God would provide something and even if the school closed there would be something and then he came in and provided teachers and the school will continue and even for the state as she was saying the state of the situation of schools I am very Blessed in the school that I work in, so I'm grateful that we will be still open in the new year.
0: Amen. We need to be, yeah. yeah. We need to be praying for anybody in uh, in our education system right now. So if that ever comes to mind, just lift them up in prayer. Um, uh, here's what I want to do. I want to take the next few minutes um, and just share um, for the family here, um, 2021. Um, and some of the things that took place at the church. Um, and the reason we're doing this is we did it last year and we had such great comments and. Um, feedback that we are like, we we just have to do this again. So um, we actually are going to just have some pictures of things that took place this last year, kind of scrolling behind me as I just share some of these things. And so I broke them into just a couple different categories this year. Uh, First off, I put events. Now, the reason I'm starting with events is because in 2020, events went away. If you guys remember, we weren't even able to meet in person for a while. And so for a majority of 2020, we didn't really get to do anything. Um, and in 2021, we were actually able to uh, open up the doors and do different events. Um, one of the very first events that we did was near Easter time, and we did a Seder. And I don't know if you were a part of this, uh, but we we took all the chairs out and set up the tables and and my wife and some other staff ladies decorated these tables incredibly well there will be pictures of it Um, and we had over a hundred people we had to do the the seder in two different nights because we had so many people that came out i think everybody was like oh we get to do an event i don't care what it is we're coming (laughs) Um, and so they just had such a a great time it was wonderful um then that following week we actually had easter services um, and just incredible services, uh, but we also brought out the, uh, f- the flipping flapjack guy, um, and uh, th- everybody loved pancakes. I was shocked at how many pancakes went out on Saturday night. I understood Sunday, but Saturday night, people were having breakfast for dinner. How many of you like breakfast for dinner? Yeah, almost everybody in here. So it was it was incredible. Uh we had youth events. Uh Peter held a lock-in where he took over this whole uh the whole main church here. Um and, and this takes a lot of work because what they do is they completely black out every light in the building. So all the windows, all the exit signs, everything, and they they just play crazy games. Um, I'm just grateful and thankful that there wasn't any drywall repairs that we had to do, any broken glass, uh, but they had an incredible time. Uh, They had park days. They did movie nights. Uh, Our kids' ministry had several park days throughout the summertime where families were encouraged to just go hang out and, and develop relationships. We did two different baptisms. Uh, throughout the year. Um, And if you're new here, um, we actually just kind of bring in a a big horse trough over here. And we just had some incredible celebrations uh, as we went through and did our baptisms this year. I think we had around 10 people get baptized, which is amazing Um, for a church this size. I I was super excited about that. Um, We we had a big Father's Day barbecue um, where we were able to um, get the grills going. I think it was one of our first uh, events where we actually got the grills back out um, post-COVID and cooked up uh, a bunch of brats and uh, hot dogs and just had a, a celebration and um, just had a good time. Uh, we did a family baseball game, which this was... I, we we kind of debated on whether we should even bring this up because we announced it and promoted it and encouraged everybody, told all the house churches, go to this baseball game. And then there was a two-and-a-half-hour rain delay So everybody drove down to the springs to go watch this game, and like 75% of the people said adios and didn't even get to see the first pitch. And then the rest of us watched a little bit of the game, and the rain came again, and we all left. Um, So I don't know how many people. Did anybody? I don't know if you sure. DJ, did anybody? You guys stayed to the bitter end, didn't you? Yeah, the pacheco's did. Well done, well done. Um, We did our kazoo marching band in the parade again. Um, which is just absolutely amazing. And I I love this story. The first, you know, this was the second year we've done it. The first year we did it, um, you know, we we wear these shirts and we just play kazoos in this marching band. And I know some of you are thinking, why in the world would you ever want to do that? Uh, But here's the funny thing. Uh, A couple months later, we have this family come into the church and I'm talking to the mom and dad and they, they tell me this. Um, we decided to go and try a different church. And so we asked our kids, do you have any preference? And their little kid goes, I want to go to that church that played the kazoos in the parade. And that's why they ended up coming here. So that was awesome. I love that. So um, just another way to, to get out there into our community. We had a women's retreat where we had 25 plus women um, at, at an overnight, or no, actually it was a day, day long retreat and uh, just great things that came out of that. And then our kids ministry put together a skate night um, and we had over hundred people come. We took over Skate City for a couple hours. Um, and what's really amazing about that is that we had a, several families invited that don't attend Shine Church um, that brought their kids, as a matter of fact, the, the family that won the best um, costume for family, best costume theme for family, um, they, they didn't even come to Shine Church. Um, uh, the beautiful part about that is they are now starting to come to Shine Church, which is just awesome. So be praying for that. So that's events. Uh, Staff-wise, we hired new children's pastors in 2021. Uh, Pastor Stephen and Joanne Larson, which is just absolutely amazing. and They've done an incredible job. Um, we um, we are so thankful, uh, and and just so that I, I want to I don't know if I've shared this with the church. Here's here's how this came about. We actually um, in in the collaborative nature that we are from a leadership standpoint, we actually invited some families from the church that have kids. Um, as a matter of fact, it was eight different couples we invited to just kind of a collaboration and said, Hey, we want. You to help us to discern the heart of God for a children's pastor, and they had all kinds of great ideas. As a matter of fact, with the kids in the worship came out of that meeting, um, and just different different things that they brought up. But what came out of that meeting was that Stephen and Joanne, um, they said, "Hey, you know what? We feel like the Holy Spirit is is telling us uh, to apply for." for the position, and we were like, oh, this is an easy no-brainer. So we prayed for a couple minutes, and then we hired them. So uh, But they're doing just an incredible job uh, in both kids' church and the nursery. Um, this was my first year, uh, my first full year, uh, as being the, um, the, the organizer of the pastor prayer, the community pastor prayer thing. And um, at the end of 2020, um, they the, the person who was leading it um, actually graciously said, um, hey, I, w- I think you would do an incredible job at this. Um, and I, I have only been in town for two and a half years. And so I, I looked at the whole group and I said, um, so you guys are either setting me up for something crazy or this is an incredible honor. Um, and it was the, the latter, it was an incredible honor. And so um, here's some th- really cool things. We've been able to support um, churches in some difficult times. We had a pastor pass away. community pastor that passed away um, this year Um, and we were able to rally and support and help that church um we had a a dear friend that was um that led the um olinger mortuary here in town he passed away as well and we were able to rally around that family and help in whatever way and so there's just some really cool community things going on um and so it's just an honor to be a part of that um We've had some staff transitions that God has led uh, us graciously through and helped us to navigate um, through those things. Um, several different things that have happened with our staff, um, but one that we're super excited about is that Jordan and Hosanna had their first baby. A uh, little Jasmine, we call her Jazzy. Um, I, you know, unfortunately, Jordan is not here today uh, because of all of the COVID stuff going on, but I, I don't know if, I, I loved it about three weeks ago when he did announcements and Jazzy was um, strapped to, it. she had fallen asleep and he was like, um, I have to do announcements, well, I'll just do it with her. So it was just awesome. So uh, some leadership stuff. Started the year uh, in January. We did an overnight um, vision. Uh, We took the formation team, and then we invited three couples from uh, the church and just got away and did an overnighter and prayed and just asked the Lord for what he wanted to do for 2021 and gave us some really great strategy. Um, If you've been here for any length of time, you'll remember we came back with the idea of one and we just really went after just one encounter with God, one, um, one purpose, one plan, one message. One. We just kept going after one, one, one. And it just was really the vision and focus for, for, the, uh, for the entire year. And it just was in- incredibly life-giving. And it led us as a staff um, into many of the decisions that we made. Uh, D- uh, DJ started uh, another in-stay. Uh, I know there's some in-stay people that are actually in here. Um, This is a two-year-long intense discipleship training, um, and I applaud those that are in it right now, and I know that you are um, getting a lot of life from that and instruction and discipleship. Um, Our staff, we went through a three-day intensive training stratop uh strategic operations um which was incredibly healthy and helpful for us to go through uh we attended a uh a little one day conference by uh, an author His name is Steve Cuss, and he just helped us to really, uh, his heart is to help you to navigate as a ministry leader through uh, anxiety and stress, and oh my gosh, was that incredible. And then uh, we also took a staff retreat together, which was incredibly great, um, as just building relationships in our own staff. Um, We actually told stories, which I'll talk about here with house churches, but we actually told our stories. Um, I've worked and known some of these guys for uh, years and years, and heard things that I had never known uh, about them, and it was just an incredibly uh, good bonding time together. Uh, our house churches, uh, 2021 was our first full year as house churches, and um, we had here, here was here was probably the highlight for me in regards to house church. Um, we started in August of 2020, went through to June, and we reached out to all our house church leaders that in the summer and just said, "Okay, hey, this is a good." on and off time, if you don't wanna lead, if you want to go to a different house church, we just offered an opportunity for, for our leaders to, to get out of this. Uh, and here's what's interesting, not a single leader wanted out. And I was just absolutely uh, just so excited about that. And so um, we just rejoice and celebrate. There's great things in the fall, uh, we started telling stories. And if you have been a part of these house churches, I think you know how important these stories have been. If you're not a part of a house church, DJ mentioned in our announcements, get involved. It's a great time to jump in here in January. Um, And um, we'll be moving out of stories as each couple or each house church has gone through and we're going to start transitioning uh, into some new direction and we'll let the leaders know and they can let you know what that's looking like uh, moving forward. Another really cool thing about our house church um, is that um, people are starting to attend these house churches that, again, don't come to shine, which I absolutely love that. That is amazing that um, our leaders are starting to invite neighbors and friends and they're coming. And and they don't even come to the church, and that's that's really what this is about: is getting outside these four walls into um, a, a world that needs to know Jesus and the light of Jesus. So keep shining that way. Um, an interesting thing that has happened with the house church and us telling stories is that Peter uh, in our youth group, he just we we had our staff retreat. And he, come up, he came up to me after the staff retreat, and he was like, we've got to do this everywhere. And I'm like, okay, that, let's do it. And he's like, I'm gonna start doing this in youth. And so he presented this to the youth group and just said, any youth that wanna tell their story, he's got youth signed up all the way through March or April to tell their story in youth group, which is absolutely amazing. We just love what the fruit of what's happening there. Um, and then we, we really see that... Um, what has happened in our house churches has actually kinda of come in into our services on the weekend. Um, I don't know about you, but in the last month or two, the interaction times in our service have been absolutely amazing. My favorite was when Janelle taught and she asked people to share their favorite verse. Um, in our services, we went 30 or 40 minutes on the interaction part of just sharing verses. People were weeping um moved i just the things that were shared was absolutely amazing and that's because i think we be are beginning to truly understand and realize that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony or sharing our testimony our our story and we're seeing it and what's what's amazing is um when different people even spoke today i for me personally susan as you were sharing The Holy Spirit was speaking to me about the things that you were saying about just the importance of being a light in a dark world and if you feel like Jesus has called you into that, you need to step into it with a boldness and a confidence and I applaud you for doing that but the Lord just spoke to me. man, And and when people speak, I know that the Holy Spirit is just interacting with others as they share those things and we're so excited about that. Missions. In 2021, um, we had our first official m- missions trip as a church. Um, Scott and Cindy Schugart led uh, a group of, I think it was, DJ, help me out, was it 24? Who went on that trip? Anybody? Sean, 24? 20, it was, they built two houses in two days. It was a four-day trip. They built two houses. Two days, incredible trip. They shared testimonies, um, but we actually had that and was super excited. We are going to do another one um, in July, July seventh through the tenth. And if you and your family would like to go, it is a kid-friendly trip. We would love to have you participate. We actually have information in the foyer. Um, <laughs> Scott and Cindy were going to be here to hand out the information, but they, they came across COVID. So I, we, we're just we're dealing we're dealing with what's going on. So. Um, The information's out in the foyer, you can grab the flyer. It looks like this. And if you're interested, there's a sign up sheet. We'd love to have you go on this trip. Um, Their hope is to do another two, maybe even three houses. So um, jump in if you want to do that. Uh, We had our first ever missions weekend. Uh, and again, it was one of those things where the feedback from you was so incredible. We had the five missionaries that we support as a small church uh, come. They were all here, which was amazing. Well, four of them were here, and we did one on video, which is absolutely amazing. But uh, it, was, it was really neat to hear the stories and what God is doing. Um, we partnered with the Help and Hope Center. Um, and I don't know if you remember, but we actually had them come in. Or, sorry, Help and Hope Center. I always get these mixed up. Help and Hope Center and Hope's Promise. Help and Hope Center, which is just down here on Park Street, um, we financially help them. Uh, we've got people that go down and volunteer. They provide food um, and different miscellaneous things. Um, they actually, my wife was just telling me, they actually have a, um, what's the, a little shop? Thrift a thrift store. I, so I don't know if you give your stuff to Salvation uh, Army or you go to Goodwill or whatever, but our Help and Hope Center down here will take your donations. And it helps people that just are in need. And so they have a little store. And what's really cool is they, they walk in there, they give them a credit, and they get to go around shopping with this credit. So it's kind of fun that, that we partner with them. Hope's Promise, we had the ladies come in. Uh, they support, um, they, they do, um, obviously, adoption and foster care. But then they also have missionaries that... Um, take care of orphans in other countries and they spoke and we've been able to partner with them. We've had some incredible times with them. They come in um, and they'll pray for us and we'll pray for them and the Holy Spirit will, will just download words and it's just been a neat partnership that we've had with them. Um, weekly alms assistance that we've done, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, shared building, <laughs> the building, we've used the building for more than just Shine Church. Now, um, you, you might laugh at a few of the things. We actually have a group of Christian magicians that come in once a month and use the building. And so they set up the stage and they do if you want to know what date that is and you want to watch them I, I could probably get, let you come in and see that. I don't know. They <laughs> they're kind of a fun group. They they use our building. We opened it for a blood drive. We've opened it up for uh, uh men's groups that that are outside of Shine Church. Um Olinger, uh the funeral home. I don't know if you noticed but in town they're building a new building and so we partnered with them and let them use our facility uh, for different family events that they've needed to do Um, we have um, ywam um, discipleship training course um, that we partnered with last year we're going to partner again um, and they use our facility on a Sunday night and do an intense, uh, intense discipleship training. Um, a family in our church, Tom and Sandra, um, use, uh, have used our building for some deliverance ministry and, and t- taken different people through and bring life and deliverance to them. Uh, and then finally, Operation Christmas Child. Uh, you guys remember that? We, we volunteered for 50 boxes. You guys responded so well that we actually ended up doing 107 boxes. Um, which is just amazing, and, and just want to say thank you for that. Um, I, I'm going through these really fast, but I hope that you are just hearing. There have been a ton of things that we have just done and been able to support in 2021, and God's faithfulness has been so good to us. And so I just want to finish uh, with with financially. Just give you a, let let you know where we are financially. Um, and just the faithfulness of God in our finances. First, I would like to talk about how we break apart our finances and just remind everybody, when you give and when you tithe to our church, we take um, an automatic 10% of that and we put it into um, four different funds. There's an alms fund, there's a local missions, a global missions, and then an Israel fund. Um, And so we break that 10% and take it right off the top and put it into those funds. And I just wanna share uh, a little bit about what we did. Alms. In 2021, this small little church gave $19,745 in alms. Most of which came from the special offerings that we take on the third weekend. Um, And they were used to help people um, who just simply come to our door. Okay, we are in downtown Castle Rock. We have a lot of people that actually like this. It's the only laundromat in town. Uh, And they hang out here. They hang out in this complex. And they'll just come to the door and ask for assistance. We've been able to give grocery uh, store gift cards, gas cards. We've helped people with utilities, with medical bills, with car repairs. We $19,745 of just gift cards, basically. And we we try to help in little ways. We try to meet with these people, um, talk with them and try to get them to move from one position to another one. We're not just offering handouts, but we're trying to help them in their life um, and what they're going through, and that's just amazing. On top of that $19,000, there's a fund called the TANF, which stands for Temporary Assistance to Needy Families. Uh, TANF funds that we have partnered with The Rock uh, and Canyon's Fellowship up on... um, What's the... What's the road that goes off of, never mind, Canyon's Fellowship, I'm not gonna get on that. Uh, But we've partnered with them and Douglas County. And so Douglas County has allocated funds that we get to interview and basically filter the people that receive the funds. Um, And we have given an additional $15,630 to people in need. This helps with rent assistance, with utility bills, um, and again partnering that's, that's funds that were from Douglas County, but we were able to actually come in, have them apply for it, and filter that money through, um, from Douglas County to those families. So it's just amazing what a blessing that has been. Local missions. $24,041 have been given out in local support to food banks, Hope's Promise, community fundraisers, uh, the Castle Rock Christian Academy, Hope's Promise, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, um, pastoral care, um, you know there was there was one situation uh, again with that pastor prayer thing we had a local pastor whose wife was diagnosed with colon cancer this year and they they went through it she had a portion of her colon that had to be removed and all of the details that go with that which are just not fun to to go through um, and we actually collaborated with the other churches in town and we sent them on an anniversary trip um, paid for their hotel their trial I, we just and all the churches rallied together and did some of that, which was just absolutely amazing. They they have been so blessed with that. Um, the Help and Hope Center, individuals from Shine who needed um, different help, that all comes out of the local missions. Our global missions, this is, I'm super excited about this, $42,071 went to global missions. That's just amazing. Giving out to uh, monthly support for Paul and Naomi Pruitt who minister and support Chinese missionaries. Uh, they support and care for social, uh, South Asian families with their mission being to plant indigenous reproducible churches among unreached people. They actually uh, minister to missionaries that are going from China into other countries and they, they just encourage them and train them and um, we support them on a monthly basis. When I say we, all of you um, and your tithe, it helps to support them. Uh, we also support um, Brian and Lori Lindsay, Southeast Asia and Penang, Malaysia. Um, I don't know if you've heard the story about the, the individual that they support that um, really just started by um, building just a little building in which they could just start to minister to different people, and they've built this incredible relationship. And it's a lot of the funds that come from us to help them to do that. Um, Grant and Kayla Muggy, uh, they're air traffic controllers with the, an international civil aviation organization. South. Of Southeast Asia. Um, They are just now getting ready to leave. We've been supporting them as they've been preparing, and I I know that anybody that's been here for any length of time, they've come up and shared, uh, but they're going, I believe, at the end of this month, and they're going to start, and so we're supporting them uh, on a monthly basis. Brian and Jacqueline Ruppel, Los Los Cabos Cabos Missions for Christ, Um, and so we support them on an ongoing basis. Lost Children of Peru, we one time helped them. They had a, a house that burned down, and we we provided funds to rebuild that house, um, which was just absolutely amazing. Homes of Hope, our Mexico mission trip, and then um, Afghanistan. And I don't know if you've been here for any length of time. We gave $10,000 to Afghanistan in the midst of that this fall, and that came from just the service where we prayed for them, and then we encouraged you to give to that, and $10,000 from you guys. And just that one thing, so that's just absolutely amazing. And then in Israel, we have right now uh, five thousand eight hundred thirty-two dollars from twenty twenty-one that we have set aside that we are just praying for and looking for an opportunity that we can take that money um, and give to Israel. Grand total is 101487000 dollars that Shine Church used to give out globally or locally alms in Israel. That's that's well done. That's absolutely amazing. Um, So just wanted to kind of give you that report. Here's really cool number two. That's just money that has been brought in that we can give out in those different areas. We actually had $131,555 that went out in missions because there's a lot of money. Um, So for instance, my daughter who uh, serves with YWAM, um, some people support her, and so it comes to shine, and then we're able to actually then give that to her. Um, so I didn't even include that kind of money in that first 101,000. If you include that, it's 131,000 that the church has given into the missions field, um, which is just absolutely amazing. Overall finances. And I will just finish with this and get you out of here. Um, we had a, a difficult beginning to 2021, uh, January and February for churches are typically pretty, pretty low months. Um, I know it. A lot of churches make a big deal for year-end giving. I'm just going to encourage you for 2022. Hey, you're beginning giving. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, We started slow, uh, but with how the year ended, we actually ended up with um, a net of sixty thousand in the black. This is estimated because I haven't been able to put all the money, all the year-end giving and stuff in there. But I'm estimating it's going to be about sixty thousand in the black which is absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, God finds, God finds ways each and every year to make up for deficiencies and, and where we're lacking. Um, this particular year, um, he used the PPP money um, that was provided and we were actually uh, forgiven. I don't know if you know how that works, but when COVID started happening, people could apply. So we applied um, in, in March of 2021, we were officially forgiven. And so it moved from a loan actually into uh, money that became shines, and and so that amount was eighty-one thousand dollars, which was just absolutely an incredible blessing from the Lord. Um, And so it's just it really is amazing to me how God uses just different things each and every year. I've been in ministry for over twenty-five years now, and I just have been always blown away that something every year um, just makes it all. Makes it all work. And um, DJ and I just recently had a conversation on the fact that, um, you know, I think one of the things that is uh, a sign that his favor and he approves of, of what we're doing is that he funds it, that, that there's resource to be able to do what we're doing. Um, and so we just uh, again rejoice at a, another incredible year. And it's due to your faithfulness and your obedience to listening to the Lord. And we just wanna say thank you. Thank you for that. It's been an incredible year. Uh, We look back at 2021 and we see the hand of God in the life of this church. And we do not want to forget that. We want to remember that this family has been put together by the Holy Spirit and we are growing together. We are um, journeying together. And I just wanna say thank you for partnering with that. And uh, let's, let's jump into this next year And we're gonna start talking next week about what the Lord is showing us as leadership team and what that looks like. And so we're excited about sharing that, casting a little vision for the the new year. um, And we wanna hear from you. So here's what I want you to do. Pray this week. What is God doing? Not just in your own personal life, but what do you feel like God is doing at Shine Church? What do you feel, what would you like to see happen in the church? Not just Shine Church, but the capital C church. What would, If you could do church yourself, what would you do? Because we're gonna start opening up some conversations about that because we believe this is a family and um, as we've done from the very beginning, um, we're gonna give opportunity to all of you to just share what you feel like the Holy Spirit is showing you and those things. And so it's gonna be really exciting and I'm super excited about that. So um, thank you. Uh, I know I went a little long on that. Uh, But we just wanted to give you an update on all the great things that are going on. And so thank you for being a part of it. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the fact that we have Jesus Christ in our heart, the Holy Spirit uh, in our heart, and that we can have that walking, talking relationship with you. And so Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would help us to remember to look back at your faithfulness so that we can move forward with a confidence and a boldness to what you have for us. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us as a church. I thank you for what you've done for each individual person in in this body. And now, Lord, we pray for 2022. And we ask that you would speak life to us, that you would help us to know what you're doing and how you're moving. And Lord, that we would partner with you in bringing heaven here to earth. Lord, help us to be very sensitive to hear that call and what you are calling each one of us to do individually and corporately as a church, because God, we want to be a part of what you are doing. And Lord, we thank you for that. And we praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, happy new year, everybody. You guys be blessed. Have a great week.